Welcome to the podcast series, Redefined in Christ. Each episode explores what it means to live a life of freedom through what Christ accomplished on the cross. So let's listen in on what our host, Tim Atterbury, is teaching on today. Hi, this is Tim Atterbury, and welcome to the second episode of my Redefined in Christ podcast. This one is titled, Sin to Salvation. In the first episode, I introduced the overall theme and why I've chosen it. In this episode, we're going to talk about the Garden of Eden and explore what effect Adam's sin had on the world and what the difference is in eating of the tree of knowledge of good and evil and eating of the tree of life. What that really means to us. Now remember, my podcast is unedited and is usually going to be outdoors so you may hear some crazy noises in the background and if it gets too crazy I'll probably stop and give it time to cease or talk about something else during the time it's bad maybe a motorcycle passing or something crazy but right now I want to to explain why I mentioned the tree of good and evil the knowledge of good and evil, and the tree of life, those both were in the Garden of Eden. And I believe that the tree of life really symbolizes Christ for us. And it may mean more than that, but it was eternal life for them who ate of it in, in uh, Adam and Eve when they ate of the tree. But, and I do believe they ate of the tree of life because they were given permission to. And that's how they lived. So when that tree was hidden from them, they were going to die. But we eat from the tree of life, which is Jesus. And this podcast isn't about that, but I wanted to kind of sidetrack and mention why I feel the tree of life is important to the story. It symbolizes Christ in my view. So, I take it that most listening to this podcast have generally heard and can recite what happened in Eden that changed the world. So, I just want to quickly recap for us and, and for those who may not know the story so well what happened in Genesis and really in parts of chapter 2 and 3. So I've chosen a Bible that's called the Quick Scan Bible. It is a King James version of the Bible, but it bold types the most important words of the chapter, making it a faster read. So let's go through and recap by reading Genesis 2, 15 through 17 and 3, 1 through 8 in the quick scan version. But generally I use the Holman Christian Standard to read my verses out of just so you'll know. But in this moment this is a King James version and the quick scan says this. And God took the man into the garden to dress and keep it and commanded the man saying of every tree freely eat but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat for in the day thou eatest thereof thou shalt die. Chapter 3 says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast, and he said unto the woman, Hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said, We may eat, but the tree in the midst of the garden, God said, Ye shall not eat, neither touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said, Ye shall not die, for God doth know that the day ye eat, your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as God's. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and desired to make one wise, she took and did eat and gave also unto her husband. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew they were naked. 
and they sewed fig leaves and made aprons. And they heard the voice of God in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves. When talking about eating the forbidden fruit, the Bible tells us that Adam disobeyed God. In Genesis 2.17, Adam was told not to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The Bible also tells us that Eve was deceived, and that's in 1 Timothy 2.14. I want to say here that I believe it was never God's will that we would have knowledge of good and evil. Without this knowledge, Adam was not able to sin. Sin is revealed by living in a world of right and wrong, truth and lie. Sin is revealed as God defines it for us in His laws, to the Jews through Moses, and to us through Jesus. Adam was created innocent, sinless, and you could say holy. He was in spiritual communion with God. He was in a right relationship with God until he disobeyed. When Adam and Eve sinned, God hid the tree of life from them, even though they were eating of it, which I said earlier, I believe, because they were allowed to. Both of these trees would be important to our story of sin to salvation. Man was now destined to die because he ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God says that you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for on that day you will eat, that you eat from it, you will surely die, or you will certainly die. Yes, it was true. So Adam died. He died after eating the fruit. First, spiritually, because his eyes were open to evil, and he began to walk in that blindness. Second, the tree of life was hidden from them. And they could eat no longer from it, and they would live no longer. I'm not going to dig into all of this in this podcast, but consider that the tree of life is at least, if not more, than that symbol of the cross. And on that tree, our sin was taken away. And if we have accepted this truth, then that would mean we are eating from the tree of life through Jesus. At least it's something to think about, right? And one other thing, and I guess a mini-message, if you will, Adam was taken to the garden to dress and keep it. There were no thorns or thistles at this time, because these came after the fall of man. So to keep the garden, or to guard the garden, would be to guard it from destructive forces. I guess we could say that the serpent was a destructive force. So I believe that Adam did not really guard his garden, and he allowed the serpent to enter it. That would have been his first act of disobedience, is not guarding his garden. He could have kicked the serpent out if he wanted to, but he didn't. In this way, we could say Adam's disobedience was not keeping his garden. But for us, I'm giving you a warning, and a warning to myself, a notice, I guess you could say. We need to guard our gardens. God has given us authority. So guard your garden. Guard your home. Guard your family. Guard your world. Guard it with the authority that Jesus has given you. Wow. That'll preach. Well, anyway, let's look back at the story. Here, here God warned Adam, but he didn't listen. When Adam and Eve ate of the tree, their eyes were opened to carnality. Genesis 3, 7. Their eyes were opened. 
good and evil are what you would call polarized. Polarity exists because things are opposite one another. In this natural realm, things are polarized. Everything has an opposite. Good and evil, white, black, light, dark. In this natural realm, things are polarized. Everything has the opposite. But it's not true in a spiritual law. That's a natural law. Sometimes we want to assign polarity to spiritual things, but it is absolutely incorrect to do so. Realize, for example, that God does not have an opposite. There is no opposite to God. I just had to share that to just meditate on that. Think Everything is different in a spiritual realm. Sometimes we just think too natural. So let's get back again to the theme. I'll try not to wander off too much more. Adam sinned, and because of his sin, as the first man, the first Adam, all humanity was cursed. Romans 5.12 says it like this. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, in this way death spread to all men because all sinned. Let's look briefly at another verse, Romans 5.15. But the gift is not like the trespass. This is talking about the gift of life. For if by the one's, one man's trespass the many died, how much more have the grace of God and the gift overflowed to the many by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ? Here I first just want to emphasize again that by one man's trespass, the many died. Why did they say all died here? Other places, he says... We're all dead and then alive. We have to understand the context. He makes reference here in Romans 5.14 that death reigned from Adam to Moses. Why is this? Because the law of Moses brought salvation to those who believed. So although all died under the law of Moses, some would live. There was no plan for their salvation. God, The God could saved them through the law. And God also made righteous whom he desired to call righteous before the new covenant or the New Testament or before Jesus. So there are times that God chose to save people through the law or by calling them righteous. Again, this podcast is not about that, but it's important to realize. So when we speak of death, generally we can see that it signifies eternal spiritual death. As Jesus used the term sleep, and so did others in the New Testament, to speak of a natural death of one who lives eternally. In other words, someone living eternally does not die when we die a natural death. It's really that we sleep. Death only rules over those which will be dead forever. Those under the law that kept the law could be saved. They would live. I don't want to get into any great debate over what happened to those not under the law, but Paul says in verse 13 of the same chapter, if you want to study it yourself, he says, In fact, sin was in the world before the law, but sin is not charged to a person's account when there is no law. In this verse, he makes it clear that through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, death no longer reigns. And that's what's important to us today. Notice that here Paul is developing a point, which we will need to explore much later, but remember that because of the sin of Adam, death came and spread to all. Therefore, it is as if all sinned, 
and I'm putting the emphasis on all as I read these, because think about it, all sinned. The curse of one man caused all to be the same, cursed. Without the spiritual law stating differently, all die and all sin. Man was condemned by choice by a choice that Adam made. But God used this disobedience to bring about salvation. Did you hear that? Man was condemned by the choice Adam made. But God used this disobedience to bring about salvation. Romans 11.32 says it like this. For God has imprisoned all in disobedience, so that he may have mercy on all. Again, my emphasis on all. For God has imprisoned all in disobedience, so that he may have mercy on all. Isn't that amazing scripture? Romans 15.18 says, So then, as through one trespass, there is condemnation for everyone, so also through one righteous act there is life-giving justification for everyone. Everyone has been justified. Let that sink in. Everyone has been justified. All were condemned to die, but through Jesus Christ, all have been justified. Again, referencing in all, and if you will, I'm not going to focus on it here. We'll do it in another podcast. But it's not only that he speaks of all in general. He's also speaking in past tense. It's already done. Adam brought condemnation. But Jesus brought justification. Adam brought disobedience. But Jesus brought eternal righteousness. Adam was created in the image of God. But Christ is the image of the invisible God. According to Colossians 1.5 I'm just going to go ahead. Let's look at a few more comparisons between Adam and Jesus. I think it's very interesting. 1 Corinthians 15.21-23 says, For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead also comes through a man. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all will be made alive. But each in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, Afterward, at his coming, those who belong to Christ. Then comes the end. This is still part of those scriptures. Then comes the end when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father, when he abolishes all rule and all authority and power. Oh, (laughs) I'm feeling that last verse is something to explore in another podcast. Most never think about this, but one day, when it's all done... Jesus will surrender all of his power to God the Father. It was given by God to Jesus, and now he's going to turn around and give it back to the Father so that God may be all in all. Wow. I can only say this is the ultimate show of love and humility from the Son to his Father. That is the Christ. That is the Jesus that brings us to life. So let me put all this together for you, if I can. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 45 through 49, tells us that Adam was the first Adam. Jesus was the last Adam. It also calls them the first man and the last man. Many misread this and say, first Adam, second Adam. I've also used the term myself, second Adam, but realize now it is not accurate. The first Adam was created without sin, without a sin nature. 
And so was the last Adam, Jesus. There will be no other before he comes back, born free from the nature of sin. So he was the last Adam. That is why it's important to call him last and not the second. There's not a third, fourth, or fifth. There's not another. He is the Messiah. The first Adam was also the first Homo sapien, what, what science is the modern man. The first Adam was the first, and he was fashioned into human form by the direct hand of God. And Jesus was the second man who was fashioned in human form directly by God through the Holy Spirit. The first Adam was a man created from the dust of the earth and was earthy. The last Adam was a man from heaven and is heavenly. The first man, Adam, became a living soul. The last Adam, a life-giving spirit. 1 Corinthians 15.45 I'd recommend, after listening to this podcast, that you read the whole chapter of 1 Corinthians 15. There is so much to be gleaned from this chapter concerning the change that came about with Christ. From this study, then, we can see that through Adam, sin and death were brought into the natural realm. Its effects are felt through everything. But the actual change came through the sin of a man and was born in the spirits of humans through the help of another who lives in darkness, Satan. Because man chose to listen to Satan, one who the Bible calls that old serpent. He fell into sin and took the whole human race down with him. Adam was given limited, he was given limited dominion over this natural realm, and he gave it to the devil. Jesus has taken it back. He's taken back the dominion over all things and will give it back to the Father in the end. The first man drugged the human race into darkness. The second man opened our eyes to the light. The first man brought death into his world, and the second brought life. There is no question of the power that came with Jesus and the cross. Sin's condemning power over mankind was completely and absolutely broken. Jesus took all of the sin of the world upon himself on the cross. All of the sin. No one's sin escaped the cross of Calvary. There, everything was reconciled to God on that very day. I was just thinking that it is amazing that Adam was put to sleep to bring the woman to life. And Jesus was put to sleep on the cross to bring the church alive. (laughs) Did you catch that? Sometimes we miss the things that happened to Adam that represent the work of Jesus. Think about this. Eve was taken from Adam's side and Jesus was pierced in his side when he purchased the church. Have you even thought about that first sacrifice? God covered Adam and Eve with animal skins. A blood sacrifice was made to cover the sins of Adam and his nakedness. Jesus was a blood sacrifice that covered the sins of the world. Every sin, past, present, and future. It is by God's grace all of this happened. God's undeserved favor on the human race. Some call it unmerited favor. I use an acronym in an attempt to say what grace is. I call it God's response at Christ's expense. Grace is another way to say God poured out His love on us through Jesus. We are saved by faith and by grace. 
I want to close and bring this together with a passage from two from sorry from 2 Corinthians 5 starting at verse 27 it says Therefore if anyone is in Christ he is a new creature hallelujah old things have passed away and look new things have come everything is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that is in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And he has committed the message of reconciliation to us. We will talk about reconciliation in another podcast, but I want you to consider what the Bible tells us about what happened on that cross that day. The curse of sin and death was reconciled on the cross. All of the sin of the world was put on Christ. He became sin for us. Through his sacrifice, all of us have been set free. Just as Adam and Eve had their eyes open to sin, through Jesus we can have our eyes open to eternity, to eternal life. Jesus said in John 3.3, I assure you, unless someone is born again, he cannot see the kingdom. When our eyes are open, we will see our salvation and we will live again. Jesus calls this being born again when we accept the truth that God sent his son into the world to save the world because he loved the world. When we embrace this truth by faith and confess it, we will be saved. That is how the gospel has taken us from a life of sin to a life of salvation. In the next episode, we're going to dig into what God's grace has done in our lives. For now, read that chapter, 1 Corinthians 15, and keep my mission work in Honduras in your prayers. God is doing amazing things. And as always, keep your faith centered in the love of God. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Be sure to tell your friends that they can find it on most major distributions. Just search Tim Atterbury or the title Redefined in Christ. You can learn more about Tim, his mission work in Honduras, and transcripts of these podcasts at www.timatterberry.website. Again, thanks for listening. And remember, faith works through love.